0: Welcome to the book summary of Way of the Wolf, Straight Line Selling, Master the Art of Persuasion, Influence and Success by Jordan Belfort. This book was published in 2017 and weighing 256 pages. For the first time ever, Jordan Belfort opens his playbook and gives readers access to the exclusive step-by-step system, the same system he used to create massive wealth for himself, his clients and his sales team. The book cracks the code on how to persuade anyone to do anything, and coaches readers regardless of age education or skill level to be a master salesperson negotiator closer entrepreneur or speaker the book is available on amazon with the link in the description to buy so without further ado i bring you the book summary of way of the wolf prologue the birth of a sales system selling is everything in life chapter one cracking the code for sales and influence don't you guys get it every sale is the same The reason every sale is the same is because, despite all the individual stuff, the same three key elements still have to line up in any prospect's mind before you have a shot at closing them. The three tenths. We call the three core elements the three tenths, with the context being a prospect's current state of certainty on a scale from 1 to 10. For example, if a prospect is currently at a 10 on a certainty scale, then it means he or she is in a state of absolute certainty at that moment. Conversely, if the prospect's currently at a one, then they are in a state of absolute uncertainty at that moment. So the first of the three 10s is your product. In essence, your prospect must be absolutely certain that they love your product, or as we like to say with the straight line system, your prospect must think it's the best thing since sliced bread. Looking at the diagram below, it shows a state of one, which is absolute uncertainty, all the way to 10, which is absolute certainty. A prospect in the middle of a five, this is referred to as sitting on the fence, or in other words, carrying a big sign on their chest saying, please influence me now, I can't make up my mind, so please help me. If your prospect is either a three or a seven, there's feelings of certainty or uncertainty are less set in stone than if they were at a level to the right or to the left of them. Their current state of certainty is just that current. It is not permanent, and they are eagerly waiting to be influenced by you. The closer you've gotten your prospect to attend, the better chance you have of closing them. Human beings don't buy things that they will think they'll make their lives worse. They buy things that they think will make their life better. What if the prospect doesn't trust you? Plain and simple, if your prospect doesn't trust you, there's absolutely no way they're going to buy from you. What if your prospect doesn't trust the company you work for? If the prospect doesn't trust the company you work for, then there's absolutely no way they're going to buy from you so long as you continue to work there or until you convince them otherwise. The three tents: Number one, the product, idea, or concept. Two, you trust and connect with you. And three, the prospect must trust and connect with the company. There's two types of certainty. There are actually two types of it. You have the logical certainty and you have the emotional certainty. And they're entirely different things. Logical certainty. Logical certainty is based primarily on the words you say. And emotional certainty. On the flip side, emotional certainty is based on a gut feeling that something must be good. Once it hits us, we feel a craving inside us that must simply be fulfilled. Even if it's a heavy price to pay for fulfilling it. People don't buy on logic, they buy on emotion, and they then justify the decision with logic. If you want to close at the highest level, then you're going to have to create both types of certainty, logical and emotional. At the end of the day, objections are merely smokescreens for uncertainty for one or all the three tents. More than 95% of your time, the common objections are merely ploys on the part of the prospect chapter two inventing the straight line take immediate control of the sale and then move the prospect from open to close along the shortest distance between any two points a straight line every sale is the same looking at the graph the straight line every sale is the same you have open to close in control or out of control Looking at the graph down below with the straight line system open to close, you have an area of in control and an area of out of control. When you're out of control, you're going to the level of Pluto, and you're going to your anus. Now, when you're on the straight line, meaning directly on it, that's where you're doing all the talking. With every single word you say, there's one specific goal in mind, and that's to move the prospect down the straight line towards the close. That's it When you're speaking, it's directed, it's powerful, your words have meaning behind them, and the meaning is to create a massive certainty in the mind of your prospect as you move him down the straight line, from the open to the close. You need to gather intelligence, massive intelligence. First, identify their needs, core needs and problems they might have. Secondly, identify any core beliefs that they might have that could impact the sale. Third, past experience they've had with similar products. And fourth, identify values, meaning what things are most important to them. Fifth, financial standards, their spending ability. And sixth, where their pain lies, what's keeping them up at night. When you're off the line, you're looking to A, continue building on the rapport that you already have, and B, use that rapport to help you gather the more invasive intelligence. Essentially, those are the three basic tenets of the front half of the straight line. Number one, you must take immediate control of the sale. Two, you must engage in massive intelligence gathering while you simultaneously build massive rapport with your prospect. You must smoothly transition into a straight line presentation so you can begin the process of building absolute certainty for each of the three tens. Looking again at the straight line, you have controlling the sale, open to close, rapport and intelligence gathering, being in control, and again, being out of control, going all the way to Pluto and all the way below to Uranus. Every word, every phrase, every question you ask, every tonality you use, every single one of them should have the same ultimate, the prospect's level of certainty as much as humanly possible so that by the time you get to the close, he feels so incredibly certain that he almost has to say yes. That's your goal. Think of this as goal oriented communication. Every word that comes out of your mouth is feeding into one single goal, which is to increase your prospect's level of certainty to the highest possible level as you're moving him down the straight line toward the close. Imagine a continuum of certainty between 1 and 10. Act as if you're a wealthy man, rich already, and you'll become rich. Act as if you had unmatched confidence, and you will become confident. Act as if you had all the answers, and the answer will come to you. Act as if their success was a foregone conclusion, that it was time to accept the fact that they had true greatness inside them, greatness that had always been there, dying to come out. Five core elements of the straight line system. You're going to have to ask for the order at least two or three times before you have any chance of your prospect saying yes. In order to move forward, the prospect needs to have a high level of certainty. Not all prospects were created equal. There are some who are very tough to sell, others who are very easy to sell to, and still others who are right in the middle, being neither tough nor easy. A prospect must cross over the threshold of certainty before he or she feels comfortable enough to buy. We call this level of certainty a prospect's action threshold and it compromises the fourth core element of the straight line system. By the way of definition, we refer to people who are very easy to sell as having a low action threshold, and we refer to the people who are very difficult to sell as to have a high action threshold. A prospect's action threshold is malleable. It's not set in stone. The fifth core element of the straight line system, the pain threshold. Pain is the most powerful motivator of all, causing human beings to quickly move away from whatever they believe is the source of their pain and to move towards whatever they believe will resolve their pain. In essence, pain creates urgency, which makes it the perfect vehicle for closing these tougher sales. Five core elements of the straight line system. Number one, the prospect must love your product. Two, the prospect must trust and connect with you. The prospect must trust and connect with your company and lower the action threshold raise the pain threshold however as powerful as the straight line system is it completely breaks down in the absence of one critical element which is you need to take immediate control of the sale you have only four seconds to do it chapter three the first four seconds four seconds over the phone to take control of the sale it takes only a quarter of a second for a prospect to make an initial decision about you if you meet them in person whether in person or over the phone, there are three things that you need to establish in the first four seconds of an encounter, if you want to be perceived in the right way. Number one, sharp as a tact. Number two, enthusiastic as hell. And three, an expert in your field. Those three things absolutely must come across in the first four seconds of a conversation. Otherwise, you set yourself up for a major uphill battle. The simple fact is that we all want to deal with pros or experts. We also want to deal with people who are sharp sharp and on the ball and who are enthusiastic about what they do. Experts have a certain way of talking that literally commands respect. If you make a negative first impression, it takes eight subsequent positive impressions to erase the one negative first impression. Number one, first your sharp is attacked. If they don't think your sharp is attacked, you're wasting their time. In essence, you have to sound and act like someone who can help the prospect fulfill their needs and desires. You can accomplish this by demonstrating mental speed and agility, fast decision-making, and a unique pace of delivery that immediately impresses the prospect and builds trust. Number two, you're enthusiastic as hell. This sends subliminal messages to your prospect, telling them that you must have something great to offer. You must sound upbeat, enthusiastic, and full of energy, and be a positive influence in their lives. And third, you're an expert in your field, an authority figure and a force to be reckoned with. Convince the prospect that I'm a highly competent, ultra-knowledgeable professional by coming off as a world-class expert in my field, right out of the gate. Not only does this allow me to instantly gain the prospect's respect, but it also causes them to defer to me and basically hand over the control of the sale. Show them you're worth listening to. Number one, get to the point quickly. Two, not waste the prospect's time. Three, have a solution to their problem. And four, be an asset to them over the long term. Once the prospect has come to this positive conclusion about you, their brain will instantly extrapolate your value to its logical end, which is, you can help them achieve their goals. You can help them get what they want in life. The straight line system is as much about becoming an expert listener as an expert talker. Chapter 4, Tonality and Body Language. Your tone of voice, specifically how you say what you say, has a profound impact on how it's perceived and For that matter, how you are perceived. And not just during those all-important first four seconds, but throughout the entire conversation as well. On the flip side, if a sales encounter takes place in person, then a second communication modality comes into play. Working hand-in-hand with tonality to help us get our point across. We call this second modality body language. Serving as dual linchpins on an immensely powerful communication strategy known as the unconscious communication. Tonality and body language play major roles in how we get our point across, both while we're talking and as we're listening. In terms of percentages, tonality and body language compromise approximately 90% of our overall communication, split evenly down the middle, with each modality having approximately a 45% impact. The remaining 10% of communication is compromised of our words, meaning the actual words we say as we verbally communicate So, human communication, made up of tonality, 45%, plus body language, 45%, equals 90%, which is words, 10%. In total, of the 29 tonalities that a human being uses to communicate, only 10 of them are core influencing tonalities, meaning that we use them over and over again as we go about influencing and persuading. Modulation. You want to lower your voice and then raise your voice and you want to speed it up and then you want to slow it down. You want to make a decorative statement and then turn it into a question. Bottled enthusiasm makes a massive impact on someone emotionally and it's one of those earmarks of the sounding like an expert. Just you want to be remembered to never stay in any one tonality for too long or else the prospect will become bored or the scientific term habituate and ultimately tune out. Your success is going to be congruent on your ability to trigger a key emotional state within yourself as you're about to enter the sales encounter, and then maintain that state to the very end. Chapter 5. State Management. Future Pacing. In short, future pacing entails running an imaginary movie through your mind where you get to see yourself in the future having already achieved a certain outcome. The result is that you get to experience the positive feelings associated with a future achievement right now, as opposed to having to wait until a few more years from now when you actually achieve it. Act as if. Act as if you're a wealthy man, rich already, and you'll become rich. Act as if you have unmatched confidence and people will have confidence in you. Act as if you have all the answers and the answers will come to you. When you're in an empowered state like certainty, for instance, then you're able to access that internal resources, which then sets you up for massive success. Conversely, when you're in a, a disempowered state, you're blocked from accessing the internal resources and you've set yourself up for massive failure. In terms of achieving success in sales, there are four key states that you need to learn how to trigger at will within state management. We call these the four C's. Certainty, clarity, confidence and courage nlp and anchoring state nlp has distilled the entire state management process into two core elements both of which are under a person's conscious control the first of these two elements is what you choose to focus on the second of these elements is your current physiology chapter six a surefire formula for managing your state there are five basic steps to nlp anchoring Step one, you choose a state. Step two, you choose your focus. Step three, choose your physiology. Step four, intensify your state. And number five, set your anchor. The name of the product that Jordan uses to set his anchor is Boom Boom. Chapter seven, advanced tonality. Remember, it's your words that move a prospect logically, and it's your tonality that moves your prospect emotionally. Tonality is the secret weapon of influence, because it's the unspoken language. Your prospect hears words without having to say them, and gets influence without even knowing. Always try to create at least some degree of urgency right before you ask for the order, as it will dramatically increase the likelihood of your prospect saying yes. First, verbal scarcity is used to convey the logic. Second, you need to add on tonal scarcity by using a power whisper which greatly intensifies the prospect's sense of scarcity. And third, you need to add on informational scarcity by explaining that even the information itself is in short supply. The next tonalities. Number one, absolute certainty. In essence, with the tonality of absolute certainty, your voice takes on a firmer, more definitive tone with a power that seems to come right from your solar plexus in order to convey your absolute conviction about whatever you happen to be currently saying. And number two, utter sincerity. This is a calm, smooth, confident, low pressure tone that implies that you're currently saying to the prospect is coming directly from your heart and that you're being absolutely sincere with them at the highest possible level. And three, the reasonable man. Apply the reasonable man tone which entails you're raising your voice up at the end of the sentence to imply that the reasonableness of your statement. The extra words your prospect hears are I'm reasonable, you're reasonable, and this is a very reasonable request. When a prospect hits you with one of the common objections, they still want to think about it. The first questions you're going to ask them, no matter what objection they hit you with, is, does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea? Hypothetically speaking, putting money aside, does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea? Chapter 8, Advanced Body Language. The bottom line is that non-verbal communication is 10 times more powerful than verbal communication, and it hits you with the force of a cannonball to the gut. When a person lays eyes on you for the first time, in that 1 24th of a second that their judgment indicator goes up or down, they see your face and how you move, and they make a judgment. In essence, they rip you apart, process you in their brain, and put you back together, and you are judged. The best way to dress is in a style that's congruent with your profession. Remember that getting into rapport with someone is done primarily through tonality and body language, not your words. Here's an interesting fact. If you don't make eye contact at least 72% of the time, people won't trust you. Active listening. This is a way of listening to someone that helps you actually build rapport with them. As simple as nodding your head while your prospect is speaking. Then you add the occasional nod, along with a few ahs and mmms, and I got this. There are other facial expressions too, like compressing your lips and lowering your head a bit, which implies sadness, or compressing your lips and nodding your head slowly, which implies sympathy and empathy. The audible cues are even more important when you're on the phone and don't have body language to rely on. In that case, those little grunts and groans are only a way to stay in rapport with your prospect while you're talking. Matching can be a way to calm anyone down or get them excited about something or feeling certain about something. You simply enter their world where they are and then you pace them. You pace them and then you lead them in the direction you want to go. Chapter nine, the art of prospecting. Trying to sell something to someone who doesn't need it or want it is a fool's errand and a total waste of time. When you gather intelligence, you want to know everything there is to know about your prospect, so long as it's relevant to the closing the sale, including their needs, beliefs, values, hierarchy of values, meaning the relative importance of each value, their past experiences with similar products, and past experience with other salespeople, personal financial situation, insofar as affording your product, and both their primary and secondary pain points. The fact that your ability to gather intelligence will be directly related to how powerful a first impression you make on your prospect during those first four seconds. In other words, the only way that your prospect will answer your questions honestly and forthrightly is if they perceive you as being a true expert in your field and a person whose confidence and eloquence and bottles enthusiasm have left them with no doubt whatsoever that you're definitely a person worth listening to, someone who can help them achieve their goals and resolve their pain Quick overview of the relationship between marketing and sales. You have marketing on one side of the equation and sales on the other. The objective of marketing is to, one, research the marketplace to identify the best prospective buyers. Prospects for short for a particular product. And two, develop a cost-effective strategy that gets the company's message in front of as many of those prospects as possible. And three, embed the message with some of, offer, or book or call to action that prompts as many of those prospects as possible to enter the company's sales funnel. And four, coordinate with the sales department to ensure a seamless handover of the funnel so prospects can be turned into customers. Straight line prospecting is all about shifting through prospects who enter your sales funnel to eliminate the ones who don't qualify to buy your product, thereby avoiding wasting your time making a full-blown sales presentation to them. In any given marketing campaign, there are four categories of buyers who will enter your sales funnel. We call these four buyers archetypes. The first archetype is called buyers in heat. Between 10 and 20% of your total prospects that enter your sales funnel will fall into this category. The second buying archetype is called buyers in power. Between 30 and 40% of total prospects that enter your sales funnel will end up falling into this category. The prospects from the remaining two buying archetypes need to be weeded out as quickly as possible, especially for those who fall into the third archetype, the dreaded looky loos, also known as tire kickers. Between 30 and 40 percent of their sales funnel is filled with professional time wasters, disguised as buyers in power. Salespeople end up spending the bulk of their time making sales presentations to prospects who have no intention of buying. The fourth and final buy archetype, which I refer to as the mistakes, or the people who were dragged there. They had no desire to enter your sales funnel in the first place, so you basically have no chance of closing them. In summary, the three main goals of the straight prospects are as follows. One, identify the looking loos and the mistakes and remove them from your sales funnel as quickly as possible. And two, gather the necessary intelligence from your buyers in heat and buyers in power and then continue moving them down the straight line towards the close and three begin the process of turning buyers in power into buyers in heat by amplifying their pain and chapter 10 the 10 rules of straight-line prospecting when you're properly engaging in the process of straight-line prospecting you're doing each of the following four things one you're shifting through the prospect in your sales funnel by asking them a series of strategically prepared questions Two, you're using these questions not only to gather intelligence, but also to separate the buyers in heat and the buyers in power from the looky-loos and the mistakes. And three, you're continuing to gather intelligence from the buyers in heat and the buyers in power, while eliminating the looky-loos and the mistakes from your sales funnel as quickly as possible. And number four, you're transitioning the buyers in heat and the buyers in power to the next step in the syntax so that they can continue their journey down the straight line. Rule one, you're a shifter, not an alchemist. Always ask for permission to ask questions. You must always use a script. Go from a less invasive question to a more invasive questions. Ask each question using the right tonality. Use to correct the correct body language as a prospect responds. And always follow a logical path. A list of all seven questions in their most logical sequence. Number one, what part of town do you live in? How long have you been living there? What do you like most about your neighborhood? Are you married or single? Do you have any children? What kind of work do you do? Are you self-employed or do you work for someone else? Rule number eight, make mental notes, resolve their pain. And rule nine, always end with a powerful transition. And last, rule 10, stay on the straight line. Don't go spiraling off to Pluto. Genuine rapport is based on two things. First, that you care. Second, that you're just like them. We don't associate with people based on our differences. We associate based on our commonalities. You can't close a sale while you're out of rapport with your prospect. It's that simple. You need to be actively building rapport throughout the entire sale, 100% of the time, without ever letting your guard down. And chapter 11, the art and science of making world-class sales presentations. It's the three distinctions. He cares about me, he understands me, and he feels my pain that serve as the very foundation on which all rapport is built, and they come naturally to those who possess massive charisma. In fact, the power of charisma is so vital to a salesperson's success that it's almost impossible to find even a single top producer who doesn't possess it in massive quantities. Charisma's first component, which is the effective use of tonality, meaning that you sound so good when you speak that you keep people hanging on every word as opposed to them tuning out or dividing their attention among other people in the room. The second component of charisma is the targeted use of body language principles, with a heavy emphasis on active listening, to communicate an extraordinary level of attentiveness and empathy. And charisma's third component, which is typically the toughest one of all, for most people, is not saying stupid shit. Eight things that set straight line scripts apart from everything else out there. In essence, these are the key features that must be in place in order for your script to be effective first your script must not be front loaded front loading is when you disclose all your major benefits right up front which leaves with nothing powerful to say to change your prospects mind when they hit you with the first objection the key to writing a great script is to frame not front load second focus on the benefits not the features third your script must have stopping off points After you make a powerful statement, you want to lock it down by asking a prospect a simple yes or no question, such as, you follow me so far, or make sense, or are you with me? By doing this, not only do you keep the prospect engaged in the conversation, but you also get them into the habit of saying yes, which creates consistency. Fourth, write in the spoken word, not grammatically correct English. And fifth, your script must flow Perfectly. And six, your scripts must be honest and ethical. And seven, remember the overreaching equation of energy in benefits out. Make it clear to your prospects that you will do everything in your power to make the prospect as simple as possible for them. And eighth, a straight line script is part of a series of scripts. The Power of Language Patterns Every word that escapes your lips has been specifically designed to feed into the one overreaching goal, which is to increase your prospect's level of certainty for each of the three tens to the highest level possible, a 10 on the certainty scale. Now, in terms of the order in which you go about creating certainty, you're always going to follow the same protocol, which is the product, you the salesperson second, and the company that stands behind the product third. The basic rules for creating a powerful introduction. We'll assume an outbound call. Be enthusiastic right from the start. Always speak in the familiar. For example, you wouldn't say, hi, is Mr. Jones there? You would say, hi, is John there? Introduce yourself and your company in the first couple of sentences and then restate the name of the company a second time within the first couple of sentences. Use power words like dramatically, explosive, fastest growing, most well-respected. Power words go a very long way capturing someone's attention and establishing yourself as an expert use your justifiers ask for permission to begin the qualification process once you've gone through the script building process and you've finalized your draft there are only two things left to do training and drilling training and drilling training and drilling you should always use a script whether you're selling in person or on the phone know your script so well that you move past the point of the actual words now remember 10% of the human communication is words. The other 90% is tonality and body language. By memorizing your scripts, you free up your conscious mind to focus on the 90% tonality, body language. Keep reading your scripts back to yourself. Make sure all the language patterns and transitions are absolutely seamless. And chapter 12, we're nearly there. The art and science of looping. The sale doesn't truly begin until after your prospects hit you with the first objection. Only then do you have the chance to finally roll up your sleeves and earn your paycheck. There are only three possible ways that your prospect can respond the first time you ask for the order. A yes, meaning the deal is closed and it's time to break out the paperwork and collect payment. No, meaning the prospect is definitely not interested and it's time to end the sales encounter and move on to the next prospect. Or maybe, meaning the prospect is sitting on the fence and can still go either way. Maybe consist of all the common objections that salespeople typically get hit with during the back half of the sale. In terms of which objection your prospect chooses, it doesn't even matter, because you're going to respond to all common objections in exactly the same way. For example, let's say Bill replies, it sounds interesting, let me think about it. To that, you'll answer with the standard straight line response to an initial objection, which is, I hear what you're saying, Bill, but let me ask you a question. Does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea? In straight line parlance, we refer to this process as deflection, and it compromises step number six of the straight line syntax. In essence, when you deflect a prospect's initial objection, you're avoiding answering it head on by using a two-step process. Step one consists of a simple five-word language pattern, I hear what you're saying, which you're infused with the reasonable man tonality. Step two consists of another simple language pattern. Let me ask you a question. Does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea? Which have infused with the money aside tonality. Transition into your follow-up presentation when hit with an objection. Using the same proven language pattern every time. You're going to say, exactly. It really is a great buy at this level. In fact, one of the true beauties here is. And then you'll go directly into your follow-up presentation which must be so utterly compelling that even the most skeptical of prospects will have no choice but to become logically certain after hearing it. The action threshold. The action threshold is the collective level of certainty that a person needs to be at before they feel comfortable enough to buy. The instant before you make a buying decision, your brain runs not one, but two separate movies. It runs a positive one and a negative one. It happens so fast that you don't even realize it how to lower your prospect's action threshold right on the spot. In total, there are four ways to do this. The first way is to offer your prospect a money-back guarantee. The second way is to offer your prospect a cooling-off or recession period. The third way is to use certain key phrases that paint a picture that runs counter to the worries and concerns that a typical high action threshold person ruminates on. And fourth, the most effective way, by far, is to use a very powerful language pattern that allows you to temporarily reverse a high action threshold prospect's parallel movies, causing them to abandon their strategy of running an unrealistic long negative movie and an extremely abbreviated positive one. By taking these high action threshold buyers, and for a few minutes, lowering their action thresholds, you can then step through that window and then close what are about your most loyal customers. If there's one thing about high action threshold prospects that makes them more than worth the effort is that it takes them to close them, it's that they make excellent long-term clients. They're basically so happy to be finally found a salesperson who was and earned their trust that they stay put under almost any circumstance. People who are feeling significant pain tend to act quickly. Conversely, people who are in denial of their pain tend to act slowly. I feel your pain. Please don't misconstrue my enthusiasm for pressure. It's just that I know that this is truly a perfect fit for you. You do not want to use pain to disempower people. You want to use it to empower people by helping them make good buying decisions so that they can have the things that they truly need. Syntax of the straight line. The first four seconds. Build and get into massive rapport, both conscious and unconscious. Unconscious. Gather intelligence, transition to body of the presentation, ask for the order, deflect and build certainty through the process of looping, add on pain, close the deal, massive referrals, and develop customers for life. And that's a wrap on this amazing book by Jordan Belfort, Way of the Wolf. Subscribe to our channel for future video book summaries and follow our website, bestbookbits.com. To buy the book, click the link in the video description to purchase from Amazon. Thanks for watching and I hope you learned a thing or two. Have a great day.